Well, here's a question I got, and certainly not the first one. And it goes like this, Dan, is there really any hope or are you just taking advantage of our pain? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, we're going to be taking care of business in a variety of ways today with the questions you all have submitted. I love those coming in. Always feel free to shoot those in, a success story or a question you've got to, to ask Dan at 48days.com. So here's some of the questions. Well, I started off with the one I just shared, and the, the, the exact question is, Dan, are you out there? Is there really any hope? Do you really have some workable solutions for the rest of us, or are you just cashing in on our insecurities? Wow. Legitimate question. And I'm eager to unpack that. I'll share some things, some honest feedback on that as best I can. Well, here's another one. At night, I often can't shut down the worry and feel guilty about laying in bed, neither sleeping nor getting anything done. You know, last week I talked about get rid of your alarm clock. Had a lot of feedback on that, but people's different experiences with that. This is just one of those I picked out, and we're going to talk about it together. How about this? I'm a 62-year-old female who has worked for 45 years as a secretary in different fields, I'm currently working on being a home-based gluten-free baker. How do I get things moving? All right. How should I invest $1,000 a month to grow my wealth? And then this one, we'll get to this one as well, hopefully. Can I make a business out of being a do-it-yourself remodeling consultant? All right. So a whole lot of variety there as usual. I love that. I love the diversity of the kind of businesses that you all are trying to grow. And um, want to jump in there with you and unpack some of the ways we can all grow our success. I mean, that's the way it works. We don't have to be clones of each other. We can have businesses that vary greatly, and yet success principles are very, very transferable. They're timeless. They just keep showing up in the same way, and if we use them consistently, they'll add to our success. Our quotation today then comes from Proverbs 3:24, where it says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Your sleep will be sweet. Hey, that's what we want. And if you're living well, you ought to be sleeping well. So let's, let's work toward that. And our resource for today, I want to make it real easy. I want to give you a resource to a whole bunch of things. If you go to 48days.com slash worksheets, there are some questions here where I really want people to access a business plan guide. And that is in there. Now, that has a lot of other things in there because that's the primary reference for the new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. That is the backup where you have sample resumes and all of that, but also the things having to do with business, you know, what to do to get insurance and how to actually do a business plan to go through the components that are going to be necessary if you're going to have success. So if you go to 48days.com slash worksheets, that'll lead you right to that resource. Well, we got some good news as always. Not hard to find good news in these times. Uh, the stories about people doing well are pretty uh, pretty astounding. As I mentioned a couple times previously, the things that are considered luxury items are really hard to get. Now, we know there was a slowdown in production, so that's part of it. But things like jet skis, boats, bicycles, I mean, those things, exotic cars, my goodness, exotic. The, those things are hard to get because they're 
There's just not enough supply for the people who want them. Pretty interesting. But anyway, not, not hard to find good news at all. In Oklahoma this last week, there was an employee who found $42,000 hidden in some clothing that she was going through. Now, what would you do? You know, what would you do? I mean, I love to think about these things. What would you do if you were in a situation where it obviously wasn't known, somebody had forgotten to somehow, didn't realize what they had donated, and there was $42,000 in cash? Well, she was a new worker, and she also was thinking, wow, there's a birthday coming up for her six-year-old daughter. This would be a great way to to really make a spectacular birthday for her. But she says she knows what is right and what is wrong. And she knew that just keeping the money for herself was not the right thing to do. She reported the lost cash. And the, the shop there in Norman, Oklahoma, was able to track down the owner because of some other identifiable documentation that was bundled in with the money. So they tracked down the owner. He said they had forgotten about the money. They donated the clothing. Well, they gave this young gal $1,000, which made her break down and cry. So, you know, they did reward her. Now, certainly not the 42000 but they gave her $1,000 where she was able to have that amazing birthday party for her little girl. But I love to think through these situations. You know, what would you do? I mean, there's TV shows based on that at this point, you know, what would you do? People put in unusual kind of situations to test their integrity, but I hope that you're confident you could make the decision instantly about what is the right thing to do. Now, here's another one. This is a little different. There's a struggling Thai fisherman who found a rare Milo pearl worth $320,000 while walking on the beach. Think about that. Walking on the beach, found a shell, opened it up, and there's a, a rare pearl worth $320,000 there. He said he was picking up oyster shells with his family last month when they stumbled upon three beautiful shells that were sticking to a discarded boy, you know, one of the old floatables that was out there, and three beautiful shells. They took him home, didn't think much about it, took him home, gave him to their father, then asked for a little help with the cleaning when when this guy, when the father opened the third shell, he found something brilliant, an orange pearl, slightly bigger than a quarter. An orange pearl, perfectly round. There's a beautiful picture of it. I'm sure you can find it if you want to look at it. He called his wife and two boys to inspect the beautiful 7.68 gram precious item. Turned out the fishing family had an extremely expensive pearl from a large snail, the Milo Milo, on their hands. Now, this is a part that I find really interesting. You know, we've been going through Think and Grow Rich. You hear me reference other resources to stretch your thinking and preparing your mind to expect big things is part of the process. So this guy, this struggling fisherman who spotted the shell, said he had a strange dream a few days before finding this pearl. He says, an old man in white with a long mustache told me to come to the beach so I can receive a gift. I think he led me to finding the pearl. Now, he believes that the old man that he saw, you know, could be a deity who wanted to help him get out of poverty. What do you think? What do you think about that? Are you listening for that? I don't have to get your feedback on this. Are you listening for that voice that may lead you to something great? Or do you just dismiss those kind of things? Eh, you know, I ate too much pizza. You know, it was just a daydream. You know, do you think 
that that voice that he heard, the man that he says he met, an old man in white with a long mustache, told me to come to the beach so I could receive a gift. So what do you think? Was that an angel? Was it just an apparition? Was it God? Was it a daydream? Or, or was it just a vivid imagination fueled by hope? What do you think? Golly, I, I, I'd love to just hear what you think about that. Again, just shoot me your answers in to askdan at 48days.com. What was it that this fisherman, poor struggling fisherman saw that then opened the door to him finding a $320,000 pearl? And then the bigger question is, are you missing messages? Are you missing opportunities that are all around you? Those kind of things intrigue me. I don't have solid answers, but I certainly have my own kind of biases on those things. And I walk around with the anticipation that I'm going to run into that old man with a white, white mustache, believe me. Well, here's a question that I received, and I alluded to this in the beginning. Dan, are you out there? Is there really any hope? Do you really have some workable solutions for the rest of us? Or are you just cashing in on our insecurities, down and out? Wow, that's how he signed it, down and out. Well, dear down and out, I mean, I think you're right to question spending any money or time in any self-help program. There's a whole lot of them out there that promise outrageous kind of results you know, if you spend the money, but don't slam the door completely. Yes, I started out selling 48 Days to the Work You Love in a three-ring binder with two cassettes in there originally back in 1996. And yes, I generated over $2 million with that version, packaging them in our upstairs bonus room. Now, I've updated it every Five years since then, in between as well, but every five years officially, uh, we came out with a real book then in 2000, and then again in 2005, 2010, 2015, and then, as you know, the brand new 20th anniversary version was released in May of last year. Here's the deal. Even if it were tempting to do so, it'd be pretty impossible to continue to sell you know, the hundreds of thousands of copies sold each year, if the content did not, in fact, help people. Now, that's the way it is today. I mean, when we live in this virtual world, word spreads very quickly, either good or bad. So if you go to Amazon, with 48 Days to Work, I just checked, there's 340 reviews there. You can read for yourself. I have no control over those. So those are other people who who took the risk to buy the book and those are then reviews that they have. So is it possible to sell hype and get rich? Yeah, probably. But do you really think that that would be work that I love, that I could lay my head down on my pillow at night and sleep peacefully if I were really just selling people smoke and mirrors? Well, I, I couldn't. Now, maybe some people can, but I certainly couldn't. Will 48 Days to the Work You Love find you a better job? Absolutely not. It's just a book but it'll show you how to make your resume jump to the top, how to find the 87% of jobs that are never advertised. I mean, how to avoid the five fatal flaws in an interview, how to negotiate an extra $10,000 into your salary. How do you make yourself fireproof? But then you have to go through the steps to find that better job. Well, do I have proof that it works? You know, I'm going to put a, I'll put a link in the show notes today to our testimonials page. 
We have thousands and thousands of testimonials. Again, unsolicited. We don't pay people for those. They just send them in. And we've got part of our 48 days site where you can go, you can just go there and search, but I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well for testimonials. You can go there. So you still don't want to risk the $24. I mean, the brand new version is $24. You can go to the library and read it. I mean, any library is going to have it. Your cost is going to be zero. Well, is 48 days to the work you love the only way to improve your life? Of course not. I mean, I list readily the reading list of other great books that have helped me create the life that I have today. I mean, I talk all the time about how to win friends and influence people, see you at the top, the magic of thinking big, acres of diamonds, the success principles, the millionaire mind, I mean, high performance habits. I mean, a lot of things that I recommend that may be the key that helps you in the path with where you're going. Those are all things I draw from myself. So you choose what appeals to you. I mean, different things help people at different places in life, but be a sponge for new information and insights. Ask yourself if being too cautious or suspicious is helping you create a better life. And when you ask the question, are you just taking advantage of our insecurities? Are you just uh, taking advantage of our pain? I mean, again, I, I don't mind you welcome asking those questions at all. But if your beliefs in those areas are causing you to be suspicious and too cautious and to close yourself off from all resources out there, ask yourself, you know, is that really helping you create a better life? I mean, if you won't spend $24 on the chance that you could dramatically change your life, you're probably being way too cautious and being suspicious of every new idea is going to keep you trapped in the same life you have right now. Now, I hope that's fair enough, balanced enough. Again, I welcome the questions, and certainly not the first time we've been asked about that, or people have been suspicious that it's just a trick that I've come up with to, to make money while other people continue to suffer. Well, that would be a, that would keep me awake at night. Speaking of which, last week I talked about turn off your alarm clock. I had a lot of fun with that. I mentioned that in our opening our opening song, Taking Care of Business, it talks about you know being awakened by the alarm in the morning, and it may be an indicator that you need to evaluate some of the things you're doing. Now, certainly, I know a lot of you, uh, it's a safety valve for you to have an alarm clock, and I don't uh, denigrate that at all. If that works for you, that's fine. But anyway, get a lot of feedback, and here's one. Wendy says, hey, Dan, at night I often can't shut down the worry and feel guilty about laying in bed, neither sleeping nor getting anything done. In the morning, the guilt is momentarily forgotten, at least lowered several levels in awareness, and I want to stay in dreamland fantasies about the only time of day when I'm even close to something I could call happy. I get up when the guilt of lazing around overcomes the modicum of happiness I have from dreamland. Wow, it makes for a lot of bedtime that isn't really sleep time, and it's gotten worse with the pandemic. How do I break this without an alarm clock, Wendy? Well, Wendy, I appreciate, again, your openness about this, about your challenge in sleeping, but how we sleep is a reflection of how we live. If you go to bed worried and feeling guilty, you are going to toss and turn at night, all at best. But you've got to not just try to sleep, but you've got to address the source of your worry and guilt. Why are you feeling guilty? 
I mean, are you, are you involved in activities you should not be? Are you doing work in a job that's illegal or that you're embarrassed about? Are you cheating people or taking advantage of them? I mean, just go back to the basic principles. Wow, if we just reference, I just mentioned here, how to win friends and influence people. You know, just go back to those basic human principles. Become genuinely interested in other people. Smile. Be a good listener. Talk in terms of the other person interested. The things that we list there easily easily found. I mean, those are things that'll make you somebody that others want to be around, that others want to have in their team. And it'll draw you naturally into things that are going to benefit other people. I mean, when I when I have somebody spend 24 bucks on Think and Grow, or on Think and Grow, oh my gosh, what a slip. No, I didn't write that. If I have somebody spend $24 on 48 Days to the Work You Love, I want them to get the better end of the deal I mean, 24 bucks, my gosh, I can take a couple of my grandkids to Taco Bell and it's gone. But that 24 bucks, we get those testimonials about how it changed their life. It added thousands and thousands of dollars to their income. I want them to get the better end of the deal. I hope you're able to be involved in work where you feel like that again. Well, a couple of quotations about work here. Gandhi said, when I wake up, I'm reborn. Here's another one says, your future depends on your dreams, so go to sleep. And of course, the quotation that I used for a quotation of today, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Your sleep will be sweet. Wow. In that particular part, in Proverbs, it says, a little expanded around that verse, it says, have two goals, wisdom, that is knowing and doing right and common sense. Don't let them slip away, for they will fill you with living energy and bring you honor and respect. They keep you safe from defeat and disaster and from stumbling off the trail. All right, now again, so the two things are knowing and doing right. Knowing and doing right. And to pick up again, with them on guard, you can sleep without fear. You need not be afraid of disaster or the plots of wicked men, for the Lord is with you. He protects you. Again, it says, you know, when when you lie down, you'll not be afraid. Yes, you'll lie down and your sleep will be sweet. If you have wisdom, composed of knowing and doing right wisdom so find those see why why you are lacking those in your life wendy that's the way you get to sleep like a baby at night yeah and i love going to bed i really do i love the process of just laying down i go to sleep very quickly sleep soundly wake up when i'm rested and uh, wish that for you as well but start with looking what is it in your life that's leading you to worry and feeling guilty. You've got to address that. This is not a time to take a sleeping pill, believe me. No, don't mask the feelings that you describe. Get to the root of them, remove those, and your sleep will be transformed. Sue says, hi, Dan, I'm a 62-year-old female who has worked for 45 years as a secretary in different fields. I'm currently working on being a home-based gluten-free baker. I also sew and make cards with stamps and crafts. I'll be retiring soon, have some debt. How do I get my head out of my behind and get things going? Well, Sue, I mean, being successful in business requires more than just making a great product. In fact, that may be 20% of the process, having a great product. Now, this is tough for a lot of people because you bake gluten-free, whether it's bread, cookies, 
muffins, whatever it is. I'll say gluten-free. That's a really popular concept right now. But you can make the best gluten-free baked products in the world and still not make two cents unless you address the other components of a business. When you're, you're, you're not just doing a job. I mean, you're not just going to work somewhere and being a baker for somebody else. You are now in business for yourself is what you're describing. And in doing so, baking great products may be, let's say, 20% of the process. The rest requires understanding how is my business connected to my purpose and calling? How am I going to handle taxes, insurance, and retirement when I get there? How are you better than the competition? I mean, what are your business's six great strengths? What are the things that you do extremely well? Are you going to be really prompt in, in responding to phone inquiries? You know, have 24-hour delivery. You know, have a, a broad selection of gluten-free products. You know, guaranteed satisfaction. You know, free delivery. I don't know. You know, those are the kind of things that you have to look. What are those six greatest strengths that are going to make you really unique, that give you a unique advantage in a market where there's a whole lot of gluten-free products out there. No secret about that. So what are your business's six greatest challenges? What are the demographics of your market? I mean, describe the ideal customer. How old that person is? What kind of life they're living? How close they are in proximity to where your shop is, your home? I mean, all those, they just go through and describe what that person, who that person is. What is your position in the marketplace? Who are the other competitors right around you? I mean, what are your profit margins? Are you going to be a sole proprietorship? Are you going to be an LLC? Are you going to be an S Corp? I mean, those are all things that you have to decide. And then you have to, you know, come up with your marketing plan. How are you going to let people know about you? Are you going to buy Facebook ads? Are you going to just put a sign out in your front yard and hope people see it? Are you going to do deliveries to 10 places and then ask them for referrals? Are you going to leave samples in local Starbucks where people can then request your product? I mean, those are things you have to look at. What is your marketing plan going to be? That's going to be a big part of your success or lack thereof. So I want you to go to 48days.com slash worksheets, the resource I gave earlier today at the beginning of the show. Go there and you'll get then a business planning guide where you go through the questions that I ask here and more. Do that. It's You have to, have to, have to do that. Go through that. Don't just... Hope that you can make products and somehow things will work out. Approach this as a real business, and there's no reason in the world you can't be successful. Coming out, out of your 45 years of working as a secretary, now you're 62. Wow. If this really is your passion, if this really is that sweet blend that we talk about, blend of passion, talent, and money, you can go into the most productive and profitable 20 years of your life starting right now. In that business plan. I've also got, I've got in there 48 marketing ideas. Now, some of them are going to apply to other kind of businesses, perhaps more than gluten-free products, but there's certainly a whole lot of them in there. You don't need to do all 48. All you need to do is three or four and do those consistently well, and it can skyrocket for you. That's what you want to do. Well, hey, just a quick reminder here. These are real questions. They come in every week. I love going through the magic mailbox of these questions. You can shoot yours in a success story, a tip that you want us to share with other people, or your question, as these are here today. 
just shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. Again, just shoot your questions in to askdan at 48days.com. Well, Chuck says, Dan, love you, love your work. Thanks. I'm a big fan of Jim Rohn. Mr. Rohn discussed the 70-30 rule of income, which I believe came from George Klassen. Essentially, Jim Rohn described living on 70% of your income, then splitting the rest with 10% to charity, 10% to capital investment, and 10% to savings. I'd like to focus on the capital investment part. Mr. Rohn discusses using this money to engage in capitalism. Assuming you were coaching someone who could dedicate $1,000 a month, to make the math easy, to capital investment, further assume your client was agnostic, meaning you know they, they were open to a lot of ideas about what to pursue in capitalism with that money, what would you recommend? Well, here's what I'd recommend. Follow your curiosity. Be very careful about just grabbing something, even if it's proved to be very profitable. For somebody, $1,000, if you would have invested $1,000 in Bitcoin back when it was first introduced and just stayed with it, I mean, the numbers are pretty astronomical, but I assume you'd be a millionaire today. Well, but I wouldn't recommend you do that unless you really understand cryptocurrency. I mean, we're going to have a get-together this next week where a bunch of us are going to brainstorm about that. Not that we're looking to become experts, but I want to know what's going on. I am concerned when our government prints money willy-nilly and just sends it out at whim, it seems. You know that's undermining our monetary system. It's going to lead to artificial inflation. You know, we are, we're, we're very vulnerable to having our monetary system be in big trouble. So I do, do want to know but I'm not likely to be enough of an expert in that, that I will then start investing in that. So my real key is follow your curiosity, invest in something where you become a knowledgeable expert. This last weekend on Saturday, I went with a bunch of guys from here in the community where I live. We have a, a car club here in our little community. And so we had caravaned at um, a pretty, um, um, I, I, well, I don't even want to go there, but we, we uh, had a hard time keeping under the speed limit. Let's just say that as we caravan up to Tampa to the Ferrari dealership. So they were all prepared for us, had a great team up there. They toured at the facility, showed us their inventory and all that, and gave us a, a really outstanding buffet lunch. And then for any of us that wanted to, hey, here's the keys to a new Ferrari. Well, obviously I did that being a Car guy took a brand new Roma, one of the new models, out for a nice spin. Just a delightful experience. They had one there in the showroom, a Ferrari that was a Ferrari Enzo. If you look that up, it's really more almost like a race car. But it was sold, it was purchased by one of the guys in our car club here. He's a plastic surgeon, but he bought it brand new in 2003. So that was 18 years ago, and he paid $660,000 for it. It just sold for $3.3 million dollars. Now, that's not typically what you expect with a car. We talk about cars as a depreciating asset. You buy it and it just does nothing but go down. Well, that's not true. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know how I feel about exotics. Exotics hit what we call a, a bottom cash value. There's a point at which they no longer depreciate. And in this example, and purchased it for $660,000. And here we are 18 
years later, and it just sold for $3.3 million. Now, that's extreme appreciation. You don't do that unless you really understand cars. I would not recommend that. I mean, what is it that you could buy today that you would expect to be worth that much more 18 years from now? There are some possibilities out there. But again, not something I would recommend unless you are a knowledgeable expert. So that's the key. Follow your curiosity. That develops into passion. You develop talent around that. And then you see a need, you create a plan, and that turns into a purpose that can change the world. That's the, the process that I talk about over and over again. Some people have done well in stocks and bonds. Personally, I've never invested a penny in stocks and bonds. I don't understand them. And I'm not going to just hope that some guy in an office with a nice suit on knows more than I do and just give him money. I just, I'm not interested in that. So you can invest in real estate if you become a knowledgeable expert. You can flip houses. You can buy rental properties. You can uh, be Chip and Joanna Gaines and get a TV show where you're remodeling. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities if you become a knowledgeable expert. Invest in art if you become a knowledgeable expert. Invest in rare books if you become a knowledgeable expert. I mean, you might want to take a course with that first $1,000 and then create a product that you can sell over and over again. I mean, one of the things that I do in business, and again, no secret, is I look for what is it that I can do once and then sell a thousand times. So I crumble up with something. Well, that's a different kind of business model than most businesses where they have a product or service that you get one time and then they have to do it again and again and again. They have to recreate the product again and again. No, if I, I mean, obviously books have to be reprinted, but even there, a lot of people get the Kindle version, the electronic version at this point, and there really is no physical product at all. It's just selling air, so to speak, and that can be done over and over again. Now, there are a lot of things that I experiment with in business where, well, here's an example. I mean, my mastermind, I mean, I invested $1,000 in that a few years ago when I started just to kind of have the basic structure, put some things in place, some gifts for people that came in and all of that. And then at the end of the first month, I took my $1,000 back out. But now that's something that runs on its own and it generates over $150,000 a year. So when you talk about investing $1,000, again, do something that you know about already. Go deeper in that. Become an expert in something. And then have a lot of fun with that. It doesn't have to be the kind of thing that everybody else is doing to increase their wealth. I mean, in talking to people who have become wealthy, I find a wide variety of things that people have done. I love the variety of things that people have done. So become knowledgeable, Chuck, in what it is you're already curious about and then make that your tool to go deeper in investments, and it can change your wealth dramatically. This comes from Steve, who says, Dan, I've been a pretty regular listener of your podcast. I enjoy and appreciate the wisdom, insight, and encouragement you consistently bring to your listeners. I'm a 60-year-old licensed builder with 35-plus years of construction-related experience, mostly in the residential arena. I'm not currently working full-time in that sector, but continue to do small projects from time to time. It's definitely my area of highest expertise and knowledge, and I'm wondering about the viability of being a remodeling consultant. 
primarily to homeowners who wish to do their own project but don't know where to start or what realistically can be done to renovate their home. I've been asked to do this for a few times, and I've been told my insights have been helpful and valuable. So a number of questions come to mind. How to promote. Is this feasible to do virtually? It doesn't really feel like I could do it justice without actually seeing the home. Can this be the beginning of a course? I'd very much like to figure out how to generate recurring income. Is it realistic to be paid a referral fee from other subcontractors who I recommend? Are there liability concerns? You know, I ought to answer some of these as I go along. I've got a lot of great questions here. Is this, is this feasible to do virtually? And I, I wouldn't do it. I think there's too much opportunity. I mean, I don't know where you live, but I think there's too much opportunity to do it where you do go see the project, go see the people. And I think it really changes the dynamics a lot to try to do it virtually. Yeah, just don't mess with that. Can this be the beginning of a course? Absolutely. I mean, this is a hot thing right now, especially because a whole lot of people in spending more time at home are saying, wow, you know, we'd like to have that deck. We'd like to have that screen in porch. We'd like to have that gazebo we always dreamed about. And so they're looking at these very kind of things and trying to figure out how are we going to do this? Is it realistic to be paid a fee from other subcontractors? Absolutely. Legitimately so. You're doing their marketing for them. If you bring them a job and you get 5% because you brought it to them, certainly reasonable. And I just threw that 5% out depending on how you structure what kind of, how much materials involved and all that, that may vary up or down. Are there liability concerns you could be mindful of? Well, like with any business, there's always some concern about that. Just get a basic million dollar liability coverage policy. You know, it should cost you about $350 for a year to get that. Yeah, go ahead and do that. But I don't think you're in a high liability situation here. How much to charge? Well, that that's where it gets a little dicey because people expect this kind of advice to be free. Because typically the ones that are good, we, we are, are looking at doing some changes in our kitchen. So I really wanted just a consultant to come out and sit down with us. And I'd be happy to pay for that. Come out and sit down with us and just talk about the structure that we already have and about the potential for changing the colors to dramatically change how it looks now. But the only people I could find are people who are selling flooring. People are selling countertops. People are selling cabinets. Well, they came out and immediately said, oh, you need to redo this, you know, get rid of this so we can sell you this. That's the only approach I was given. I didn't find anybody who really could sit down with me and give us an overview of what we already have and the possibilities of minor changes just in structure or color. Wasn't able to find that. And I think there is a void there. I think there's a gap there that you could walk right into. Um. Steve also says, do I need to generate a written report or recap of what was discussed? Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, that would be a follow-up. Most people aren't going to make a lot of decisions right out of the gate immediately, so it may take a little time. Could this evolve into being a consultant advisor through the project for how to do certain things or answer additional questions? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, absolutely. You know, I met with somebody uh, recently who worked for me probably 18 years ago long time ago, we were just starting to do some online things. And we experimented with some ideas. Uh, he ultimately, you know, went on to having his own business, which a lot of people who've worked for me have done. I encourage that it's a, a blessing to see them be able to go on and thrive. 
but he did this. His name is Chris. He went went on to do that. He now has a, a service where he meets with people who want to do decks, fences, roofs, screening porches. What he does is he bids the whole job, but he doesn't do any of the work. He bids the whole job. So there may be five different subcontractors involved. He oversees that. And then, so he bids the job and then he farms out certain portions of that where the work is actually done. He's done extremely well. Now I'll put his Facebook page. His, his name is Chris, but the company name is Alsup Exteriors, A-L-S-U-P Exteriors. And if you look for that in Facebook, you go right there and you'll see. Now that's what he uses for his promotion as well. It's just all the activity there and happy people and posting jobs that he's done. But he's done extremely well, is now hiring other people. That's why he came back around. We had a conversation, a consultation just a couple weeks ago about that. That's a model. It's a little bit different than what you're talking about here, where the people don't get charged for his consultation, but he bids the jobs and gets a lot of those to carry through, and then he makes his money on actually performing the work. But I think there's a blend you could possibly do here, Steve, and doing some just straight consulting. Again, I would welcome that if I would see somebody offering that. So I think there's a gap in the market there that you can walk right into. Well, you know what? Let's just, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Got some questions that kind of go in a different direction. I'll save those for another time. Remember our quotation for today. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Your sleep will be sweet. Again, our sleep is a reflection of the life that we live. Make sure you're living the kind of life that allows you to lay down and have sweet sleep. Well, thanks for your ongoing questions. Again, shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com and uh, keep those coming. Thanks for being part of this community, this growing community. Check out the Eagles if you're not yet an Eagle. My goodness, we're doing some fun things there. A lot of magic happening there with what people are doing, the way they are growing their businesses successfully. We've got some exciting things coming up this next month we're going to be sharing. Going to have people like Chad Jeffers in there as one of our Monday mentors. Chad is the guitarist for Carrie Underwood, talking about the career that he's created. Going to have Shauna McGreevy in there. Uh, She's taken her love of cake decorating and created an outstanding business. I mean, she does cruises, has a lot of fun with it. We're going to show lots of pictures of her work and talk about how she built that business. Those things are all happening in the Eagles community. Just check it out, 48daysofeagles.com if you haven't done that yet. But hey, beyond all of that, wherever you are, whatever your position, thanks for being part of this community where we know we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.